church gets this big, and I do not know how many campers there are in here, and I do not know how many trailers there are, I do not know how many motorhomes, and I do not know how many types of vehicles of which people travel in, in this church. But uh, lots of times you just look at you, if you're not here, you just went away. In fact, there are not many people in here that... Uh, well, I'd just say that half of you, if you didn't come to church, I'd just say you was off tripping somewhere. You've gone to the coast or gone to the relatives or gone someplace. So, but I want to make this announcement to the sick. I heard Sister McCann telling the other day how the people had visited her brother, well, I want, her husband. I want to tell you how come this to be so thorough. Number one, she let everybody know, and he did too, that not... I'm sick. I fell off of a roof. I want to be prayed for. Come visit me. And what came out of that was plenty of phone calls, plenty of visitation, and uh, lots of people going. But if he would have said, I fell off the roof and just stayed at home and walked around, no one would have really took it very serious, and therefore they'd just been inclined to say, well, pray for Brother McCann. So if you get sick, would you, first place, call Brother Terry, call Brother Bray, call your friend, call Bethel, and tell them, and then in church, let people know we're sick. Another thing, let them know if you'd like company. If you would like company. If you want somebody to come and pray for you. Or if you just just sick and say, pray for me. Well... And the next day you see you downtown, somebody's liable to say, well, I guess they got healed or they're well now because they're... So it's pretty hard to uh, just evaluate how sick people are around this place and who is sick. That don't mean you can't get sick. And that don't mean that we're not interested if you are sick. But uh, I remember I even hired somebody to help me with that. She went to see somebody and said, I don't want you here. I want Brother Terry here. Well, all right. Okay. I'm not against that either. But it just happens to be the way it goes around here. So if you're sick, man, woman, boy, or girl, let it be made known. All right. So much for that. Any more announcements? I'm going to preach a lesson tonight or teach a lesson. This is a very familiar lesson with everybody in this house in a figure of speech. But um, in the last few years, we have been talking, there's going to be, or I've heard it, from conference floors, fellowship meetings, from evangelists, there's going to be a worldwide revival. That's going to be bigger than anything they've ever had yet. It's going to be bigger than the day of Pentecost. It's going to be the biggest thing that ever hit the country. Well, uh, we may have a revival, but it will not be, I say, a revival that will outshine the revivals that have come and gone. America may go through a revival or a sort of revival in religiously, religiously speaking. But a revival of the revelation of his name, the revival of Jesus' name baptism, and the revival of holiness will, is a very scarce thing and will always be 
And the end will not come except there be first a fallen away, and that that can be shaken shall be shaken. Or that can that can be shaken shall be shook. Or you'll be shook off. You're going to be inclined more to run without your oil. I don't know if I missed that English on that or not. <laughs> Everything that can be shaken will be shook. Okay. Uh, I appreciate y'all smiling like that at me. I know I've either said it right or wrong. And if I said it, all right. So I'm going to use a word here. Uh, It is a word called charismatics. We have a religious revival in the world today under the heading of charismatics. But if they're honest with you, they do not care for doctrine. Let me explain something to you. When the Lord laid this out, He used no one for His counselor. He he arranged it where no one could make it any easier for anybody else than anyone. Everybody had to pay the same price. Everybody has to come through the same door. And if you climb up any other way, the same is a thief and a robber. We have in our land today this movement. And it is a movement of, I don't want doctrine. Doctrine, they say, is what separated us through the years. There's 21 Baptists, different kind of Baptists. You know what did it? The interpretation of a portion of Scripture in the Bible. And uh, so they said, well, we're another Baptist, we're not you. So we have our northern and southern and... We have our landmark, and we have our missionary, and we just can get all this information from Washington, D.C. if you want to. They used to put out a book on it, and then they stopped putting it out a few years ago. I used to order them when I'm early, when my early ministry, I'd get them, but then they took it off. So it is that they said, we do not want doctrine because doctrine separates us. And that is really right. Doctrine separates people. But doctrine also draws a people together. That is, the people that have believed or teach that doctrine. And so, if you have a, a, a southern or a northern or a landmark or something that believes in a certain thing, there are people that are drawn to that and they believe in that, so that doctrine separates them into a uh, what you would say, a uh, type or a church. And uh, with that operating in the world today where people interpret the Scriptures meaning one thing or adding what they believe, but God has never allowed anyone to tamper with His Word. It is You must be born again of water and of the Spirit. And... Uh, Follow peace with all men and holiness without which no man shall see the Lord. That's laid down. And then man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceedeth out of the mouth of God. That is laid out. All Scripture is given by the inspiration of God, and is profitable for doctrine, reproof, instruction, and righteousness. The man of God may be perfect, thoroughly furnished in every good work. And so it is, um, there is, Jesus had a doctrine. He gave the doctrine that he had to the apostles. 
every other doctrine outside of that doctrine that Jesus had and delivered to his twelve is a false doctrine. Or it is a man-made doctrine. It is a doctrine with leaven. Now, this thing started out in the beginning, straight, pure, clean. It, uh, that first preaching that the apostles did, they preached with the Holy Ghost sent down from heaven. The Holy Ghost was doing the preaching. That is, if you will, first chapter of Acts will explain it to you, that it was the Holy Ghost doing that preaching. And uh, the church was alive, and that was the church. Every other church that does not harmonize with that church has human leaven in it. Now, let me uh, think I have it right here. A piece of dough salted and soured to ferment and relish a moss of dough for bread. All right. You put, uh, when once you mix this in it, it begins to go through that chemical change. Well, God wants this without human leaven in it. He just wants this pure, unadulterated word to be preached. And that's what He wants people to believe. And He don't give a hoot or a holler, so to speak, about anything but that doctrine. All the rest of it is man tempered with, or man has put this leaven in it. And when once man puts his leaven in the Word of God, then you have something besides the Word of God. You have the Word with leaven, and that yeast, it's not any good. But God doesn't care, in a sense, what you believe if you insist on believing it. If you want truth, it, the Bible said it is so plain, though full of wayfaring man does not have to err in it. Now, a lot of people say that fool or that, but this is so plain that just anybody that wants truth can have it. But you run into something that'll be running into you. The Word of the Lord is going to run into your spirit. And if you do not cause your spirit to love God's Word, then you will have a conflict. And once that conflict ever starts, you will walk off, like Jesus said to His apostle, will you also turn and go away? Peter said, to whom could we go? Seeing you have the words of eternal life. And so it is this, don't leave the doctrine. Now, I'm not accusing of anybody leaving it. It speaks for itself. But remember this one thing. God doesn't care about anything at all in what you think. I think this, and I think that, and I believe this, I believe that. He doesn't care. It's just with what His doctrine is and His Word without your living. Now, that's... All right. In the book of Deuteronomy 22, 1 and 2, Give ear, O ye heavens. And I will speak and hear, O earth, the words of my mouth. My doctrine shall drop in the rain. My speech shall distill as the dew, as the small rain upon the tender earth, and as the shower upon the grass. If you want to see somebody get enlightened, 
If you want to see somebody really feel good, you start preaching to a bunch of saints, real apostolic, unleavened doctrine. And they will eat that up. They love it. I do not know if everyone understands what that little tender rain does. When you, you ever see the... You can't hardly see the sky around here some days. It's just a hazy and everything's a dusty and dirty. And then just a good shower comes and it just... Everything's so clear and so bright and so beautiful. Well, that's why he said my doctrine will fall. So, to go with. To go with now. In the dictionary, or says doctrine used in old, meaning of teaching or instruction. Now... When God starts teaching this Word, or this Word is being taught, or this Word is being instructed, or somebody is instructing from this Word, they are to put this out just like it is. Don't, don't water it down. And let it fall. After all, it takes God to save anybody in the first place. And if God would have wanted to make it easier for anybody, He could have just opened the door and did it. But he definitely laid down the, the whole thing when he said, I say unto thee that thou art Peter, and upon this rock I will build my church, and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. All right. We're going to go through a few scriptures now, and I want you, Brother Bray, you get me Matthew 16 and 12. Brother Charlie, you get me Mark 4.2. These are just fast scripture. Brother Danby, you get me John 7, 17. Brother Keith, you get me Acts 4, 42. Brother Godwin, you get me 1 Timothy 1 and 3. Now, this sounds like, man, if that fellow reads all that tonight, we'll be here all night. But we won't be here any longer than any other time. But if you do not get this down, saints... There will be coming against you. You must have this written in your heart. Uh, every once in a while, I haven't done it. I remember one time a man in front of me was at a bank. He was putting money in the bank in the cash. The teller was, and she just pitched up two or three twenties there, and he said, "What's the matter with that?" She said, "They're no, they're not any good." Oh, that that really excited him. And really, the truth about it, they kept them. And they didn't give him 20 in their place. So, if you take a false, or if you take something cheaper than the real, you are going to have a counterfeit religion. And one of the things that you always remember, the Lord didn't want to make this easy that anybody could get it any time they wanted to. Hear me? All right. Brother Bray, what did this say? Matthew. Read above of that a little bit there. Just uh, where he said, Beware the leaven of the Pharisees. How is it that you do not understand that I spoke not to you concerning bread, but that you should beware of the leaven of the Pharisees and of the Sadducees? You, uh, he mentioned something about bread, and they got to thinking that he was talking about natural bread. But he explained to them that he was talking about 
The what? The leaven of the what? Pharisees and Sadducees. Let me explain something about it. It just happened to be at that time, those were the most two prominent religious faiths there were. But he could have named a hundred, or he could have named a thousand, if there would have been that many off base. And he could have said, Beware the leaven of this, and the leaven of that, and this one, and that one, 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 and this one, and that one. But he named the two most prominent ones, and he said, Beware the leaven of the Pharisees and Sadducees. But if somebody said, spoke up, so to speak, and said, I'm not either one. And he could have easily said, well, if you're not this, what I'm teaching, I would say, beware you too. This just was a catalog that covered the mainstream of religion of that day. We're living in a day today that you need to beware the leaven of what you call Christian faith today that is not on the word of the Lord and has leaven of men in it. Where they they water something down, they take something out, or they put the wrong meaning on it, and lots of people believe that they will be justified if the preacher says this or that. But no one is going to be justified by what the preacher said unless the preacher delivers God's word like God meant it. You hear me? Just exactly like God meant it. And if this way gets a little hard for you, or you would be inclined to say, they have a better spirit than you have. Well, I promise you, if you... Um, children don't like to be told no. That's a no-no. They just don't like that. That works in religious or Christianity too. People, the majority of people, don't like to be told do's and don'ts. Just leave us alone. Tell us of the love of God, what He did for us, and that's all we need. But when you start in that doctrine, you begin to make do's and don'ts, and that is what causes that church down the street, so to speak, to have a better one than we have. Not a better church, but maybe a better spirit. Not a better spirit of true holiness or righteousness. Nor would it harmonize with God just right. But the point about it is, I went to church the other night, so to speak. Everybody loved, and that's what we're to do. And uh, then I come to your church, and you say, don't do this, and don't do that, and don't do this, and don't do that, and... You fuss at everybody there and you quarrel at everybody. No, we don't do it. It's that doctrine that is not being tampered with by man that is cutting you. You have to adjust yourself to the Word of God. And if you do not adjust yourself to the Word of God, then you'll have to get with something that has leaven in it. And you can put the leaven in it yourself if you want to by just not receiving it as it is. Jesus warned him. He said, Beware the leaven. What? I beware of their teachings. Beware of what they will put in you. Beware of the confusion that you'll get in if you mix this and that. And so, just 
take it like it is. I do not know. I Ever since I've been preaching, ever since I've been preaching, people have told me how. I've had them come by, they can't even get over a revival and tell me how to build a church. I don't know why. <laughs> and I don't, I'm bragging on that. God had to do it. I just have had them to say this and that about it. And the only thing that I can tell you that this had been brought where it is is that I just preached as hard as I could, as straight as I could, and as far as I know, to a point as sincere as I could. And this is what come out of it. Somebody said, well, I'll tell you where there's a beautiful church with a beautiful bunch of people that's got a different doctrine you got. Let me tell you something. This is all. If you let me preach the doctrine in that church, they'll scatter like quail. Because the moment you start digging around them, People want to go to church and feel religious. And unless you conform to the Word of God, your religion is in vain. So no man has any right to change this. You just, there it is. If you want to, Paul said to one, we're life from the life, and another, we're death from the death. We preach something he was saying that if you'll hear it, one will hear it and live, another will not hear it and die. And so you don't have any choice. You just got one doctrine, that's it, and it's without leaven. And that's the only thing going through that gate. Anything he climbs up any other way is a thief and a robber. And so you just... I, I know what trials are. I know what griefs are. And I know what sorrows are. Paul said, lest after I preach to others, I myself may be a castaway. That is, that road is so straight and so narrow. How can two walk together except they be agreed? I want to tell you another thing about good feelings. One time I went, uh, I went to a place where they had a, a, a salesmanship course. And this man was a number one salesman. He could sell. He was what you would call, in the Depression, he would have been a million-dollar producer in life insurance. He could tell stories that just make grown adults just sit out there and weep. And these were going to be salesmen, but he just had the art, the cunningness, the words, the sincerity. I remember a certain story that he told. I know two or three of them he told, but they were so... One of them I might have mentioned it several times around here. It's about a train. And on this train that these... Now, I can't tell this like he told it. And he told it as life and death. He thought life in church was four times more important than going to heaven anyway. He didn't... Heaven didn't mean near as much as this life did. On this train, there was a bunch of salesmen. There was a man that had a little daughter, just a small child, that cried all night. And the salesmen were trying to sleep so they would be awake the next day. And they could go about their business. And one would raise up now and then and say, Can't you shut that brat up? I've got to sleep. And the man had pet the little girl and pet the little girl. And all night long, just hateful in there. And that uh, car and 
And so finally, the next morning, down at the dressing room or the washroom, the man happened to be in there. And three or four salesmen were in there, and they began to eat him out about the little girl. And finally, the man said, I really hate what happened to the little child last night. But you see, her mother was up in the baggage car in a coffin. And she could not help but miss her mother. Man, them guys, these were grown men around. The way he told us, Brother Bray. Man, I, I, I myself, I felt religious. He said it's so beautiful. He was a man who weighed about 300 pounds, had about a 52 waist on him. Big, heavy crop of hair, looked very fatherly, but he was very, very, everything that he said was just, he was a trained salesman, and he just knew how to put it over. Well, men study this Bible, and they find this about this Word of God. There's some things in here you don't want to teach if you want harmony. Because there's some things in here that go against the grain of a human being. And that is that doctrine. See, Jesus Christ is trying to get a people to follow Him and Him only. And His doctrine. He could have made it easy, I told you, if He wanted to. But this is what He knows what it costs to make heaven available. He knows that Jesus Christ died on the cross and took our place to give a doctrine to this world to tell the story of that death, that burial, and that resurrection, and that rising to walk in newness of life. All things having passed away, and behold, all things becoming new. Another thing that said, once you get in this, it said you're not your own. You are bought with a price. So, we're supposed to shout about this. Can you imagine that? You say, Brother Jerry, I don't know about that, whether I can shout about that or not. Why? Because <clears throat> it's like a man trimming a tree. Everything that my flesh desires, you take that Word of God and say, you can't do that, and you can't do this, and you can't do that. And even in eating, I've got to be tempered. Everything that I want to do, somebody said everything that I want to do is either illegal or it is a, what are those three things? Immoral, illegal, or against the law. Everything that I want to do is immoral, illegal, or against the law. Well, this book is against all three of those. Immoral, illegal, and against the law. And so, the flesh is what runs up against this. This is inclined many times to keep us from ever being what we would be. Because this is another thing it does. This makes us very critical. <laughs> somebody sees somebody that they think they're getting by with something. Why can't I get by with it if they can't? Well, Brother Terry, why do you jump on me and leave them alone? I go traping in the office with you and everybody knows what they do. See, all that is imbalanced in this fact that you're not supposed to even be looking at them. In fact, you're supposed to be praying for them. But human nature, I believe Molly was the one that was telling me about one time that 
she began to whip a couple of her kids. And some more of them got to laughing because they was getting a licking. She said, just quick as I get done here, I'm going to give you one. <laughs> that changed the picture. And so it is. What you want to do is to rise to walk in newness of life and without leaven. Now, I do not mean that you, the Bible says he that went a soul. You've got to be a wise as serpent, as harmless as a dove. And some people believe in giving it to them slow, and some more people believe in giving it to them at a swimming party. Some more believe in having a movie at the house, inviting them over. And then some more just believe if they come to church, just preach it and say, there it is, you want it, fine. Paul said, again I tell you, to one we're life of the life. Another we're death of the death. We just send out a vapor or we send out a word. We send out a spirit. If you'll obey it, you live. And if you don't obey it, you die. Brother, that's... that's what is that, Brother Terry? That's hard preaching. Mark 4.2 He taught them many things in parables and said unto them in his doctrine. Now, Jesus Christ had a teaching that if you lived, you lived by it. Who in the world could have ever been saved in Jesus' day if they would have listened to his parables But the minute he got into doctrine, they would say, We love your parables. They're beautiful. They must have a great depth to them. But there's one thing we don't like. We don't like doctrine. But he taught them in doctrine. And so it is. He just laid it out. This is my teaching. And he, so don't ever fall out with the doctrine rightly divided. In the word of the Lord. All right. I want John seven seventeen. If any man will do his will, he shall know the doctrine. All right. Jesus, when Jesus talked, Jesus never said anything of his own. He just said what the Father said, for the Father was in him, doing the talking. This was inspired of the Spirit to come out of the man, Christ Jesus. For God was in Christ, reconciling the world unto himself. He said, if any man do what? If any man will do his will, he shall know of the doctrine. Whether it be of God? All right. Or whether it be a man. See, we have God in, and man, one. But the man didn't do any talking. He was altogether in his speech, God. For he spoke nothing. He said he didn't. All that goes on from me is the Father that dwelleth in me doing the work. And so it is. If anybody will do his will, they'll know the doctrine. And they'll know if that doctrine is of God. And what do you have to do to do that? You have to be willing to conform. From the beginning of this thing, it is a death, a burial, and a resurrection. When you come to God in the beginning, you were supposed to be dead. Hear what I said? 
through repentance, you died out to yourself. We were supposed to have a burial. And you were supposed to rise to walk in newness of life. Old things passed away, and behold, all things become new. And that is the doctrine. Now, if a man comes down the altar, you have trouble getting people to repent. I'm not talking about repenting. If you get one that says, I'm repented, I believe God, well, he'll know if this is the doctrine of God when he hears it. Because that spirit in him would have control. But as long as flesh controls, then you have the war. You do not have dead people bearing them. You have cripples, bruised people. What do you mean bruised people, Brother Terry? Well, when you have a baptized, they're supposed to be dead. Death, burial, and resurrection. If you bury a cripple, he'll go down. He will not have thoroughly repented. He will not have come through it all. So you'll have trouble with that fellow. But that fellow that has died at that altar, now he says, give me that unadulterated truth. I want the doctrine of God. And then you bury him in water. He comes up in newness of life and says, I want to live what God wants me to live. So, next scripture, Acts 4.42. Two forty-two. Excuse me. And they continued steadfastly in the apostles' doctrine. That early church, when it came into existence, it stayed right with the apostles' doctrine. What has happened to the doctrine? So many doctrines in the world today. They didn't stay by the apostles' doctrine. And if you do not learn to love the apostles' doctrine, and they got it from him, what kind of doctrine do you have that you could have and not have leaven in it? They continue. How do we do this? Just like the apostles did. How do we do this? How did the apostles do it? How do we do this? Just like the apostles. They continued steadfastly in the apostles' doctrine and fellowship. And so... How is it we could just have one church, Brother Terry, everybody abide in the apostles' doctrine and fellowship? Everybody do it like the apostles did it, and we're all one. And the minute you leave the apostles, you bring somebody in that was not an apostle, and incidentally all the apostles that were named in the word of the Lord that you know anything about, they saw him. They knew him. They dogged him most of them for three and a half years up and down the, the little country of Israel. But they stayed in the Apostle's Doctrine. If you're here tonight, if you get in the Apostle's Doctrine, you'll be what we are. And if you'll remain there, you'll be what the Apostles are or were. And they, when you check out the book of Revelation... They've got a, well, they're all over that city when the, in the New Jerusalem. They're in gates and foundations. They're just everywhere. And so it is. Where does the mix-up come in, Brother Terry? When we leave the Apostles' Doctrine. Now, that is not our biggest mix-up. Next big, biggest mix-up is um, how do you fish? 
how do you fish? And uh, I know how you like to do it, Brother Terry. You just like to take your pole and beat the water and say, Get on this hook or you'll... Get on this hook! And all the fish swim off. And they say, Well, now, I don't believe in that, Brother Terry. I like to go real quiet up and put the little worm on the hook and not let my shadow fall on the water and I like to cast it out there. So, where does the quarrel come in then? Uh, how fast do you give them the doctrine, Brother Terry? Why? I bring them in by doctrine. How do you get them? Well, I sing them a lovely song. Then I tell them about the love of Jesus, and everybody loves that. You can't find anything wrong with that, but can you, Brother Terry? No, I can't find anything wrong with that. And I have a string, and you've got a string, and... What do you mean a string? Well, Jesus said, follow me and I'll make you fishers of men. I've got a string of fish and you've got a string of fish. And, and then, this is what it comes up. Now, you've got to do it with the doctrine. They've got to have the doctrine. Well, he said, boy, I don't like your fishing at all. In fact, I can't stand the way you fish. And uh, a quarrel breaks out among the brethren. One of them says, you're as, you've got a backbone that reminds me of a potato vine. Another one, you're so soft. <laughs> oh, they just keep on, and what they do, they get to bickering among themselves. When, when really, individually, we all have a different approach on everything. But the Bible allows that, said, let every man do it with his ability. But you, if you don't catch them with this doctrine or bring them to this doctrine, then you don't have them at all. So, I don't have a quarrel with how you do it if you bring them through or bring them to the doctrine. But they've got to get the doctrine. And you've got to remain in the doctrine. And you've got to believe the doctrine. And that early church continued steadfastly in the apostles' doctrine. I understand, as I read the Word of the Lord, there were a lot more... Lot more, a lot more conviction in that day than there is now. There was more conviction in the world when I came to the Lord than there is now. And then there are places in America called the Bible Belt. People are still more receptive to the gospel. And then there are some hard places. It's hard to break into it, but through it all, it is a doctrine. All right. First Timothy one and three. I besought thee to abide still in Ephesus. I went to Macedonia. You charge some that they teach no other doctrine. You know what there was going on in that day, just like they're going on today. There were people that would leave the doctrine. You can catch them without that doctrine easier than you can catch them. You don't catch anybody till you give them the doctrine. Somebody was telling me the other day they went to where somebody was fishing. I forget who it was. Don't fall out with me. And they were catching fish. And they got a fish up on the bank, a real nice one. And they told, the man told, the man went to get the net. Who told me this? 
Emily told me. He went to get the net while the wife watched the fish. And the fish got to going like that. And you know what he did? He got back in the water. Emily, didn't you tell me the woman went in after it? Well, you can imagine. Fish that had that much life on, life on the bank, what he was going to do in his, in his home field, don't you? Brother, he took off. Well, that all goes to you haven't got them till you got them on the string. I've seen a whole lot of them start flopping. But that doesn't make you still charge some that they teach no other doctrine. I charge you and you charge me. Paul charged us and Jesus charged us. We teach no other doctrine. This old boy I know loves God. He really loved God. He told me he loved God. And he told me another thing. He liked me. And, that, and he told me another thing. And he liked that church. And then he said, but. Uh, well, well, what are you going to say now? There's just one or two little things that you'll have to change to, to get me. Well, what can you change? I can spend $10,000 and grow hair, they tell me. I can go on a diet and lose weight. And I can buy sermon books and tell me what to preach. Now, that won't offend you. But this Word has got to do its work. So you really don't have anybody till you get them to the doctor. You know why this church has weathered the storms as well as it has? Because you know the doctrine. You know that what the Bible teaches. And if you didn't know it, you'd never weather the storm. And therefore, lots of time we have great church turnovers. Turnovers in churches. These churches not too far from here. They were built up by just a, a man hearing another man preach and seeing so many mistakes in his church. He just told them about it, told the people about it. And wasn't long till they was mutiny. Wasn't long till they had another church. And all the way they got that church was, look at him, look at him, look at his fault, look at that, look at that, look what he said tonight, look at this. Well, if he would have would have stayed with doctrine, he might have saved that. But people got to know the doctrine. All right. What do you want us to know tonight, brother? Dear? I want you to know that when the Bible teaches it, that's what the doctrine is. And you must abide in it. And I charge you, when I left you at Macedonia, I think it was, that you charge some that they teach no other doctrine. Don't you, don't you come up with another doctrine. You preach that that's laid down in the Word. All right? Anybody else got one? Ephesians 4, 4, Brother Rustin. Romans 16, 17. Brother me. Romans 6, 17. Brother Bray, I just got a few here. We'll be through in just a minute. Just live it out and love doctrine. Love doctrine. Let me explain something to you. Everybody give me a mind. There is a doctrine on love in this Bible. And one of the main subjects of this doctrine, of that, Jesus said, if you love me, you'll keep my commandments. That's his doctrine. 
Boy, that really makes it rough, doesn't it? What do you mean, rough? Well, unless you conform to it. All right, what did it say? There is one body. There is one body. And one spirit. One spirit. Even as ye are called, in one hope of your calling. One Lord, one faith, one baptism. Where did I give you what scripture? 14, excuse me. That we henceforth be no more children. We be no more children. Tossed to and fro. All right, where did these doctrines come from? By the slight of men. And we be not carried about with them. Let me explain that like this. I'm an apostolic preacher. I know what that Bible says. But sometimes my own curiosity wonders, what in the world, how do they catch so many people? And there are people that are caught by winds of doctrine and the craftiness, cunning craftiness of men. Read it to them. We, we, me and you, be henceforth no more children, tossed to and fro, and boy, there's so many doctrines in the wind are blowing on different kinds of doctrines from men. Read the rest of it. By the slight of men, and cunning craftsmanness, they just lie and wait to catch you. They, uh, they just wait. Well, if you get to studying doctrines and you get worried about doctrines, you'll say, I believe I'll look into this doctrine. I believe I'll look into that doctrine. Oh, I believe, I, I believe, I, I believe that I had the truth till I went to Salt Lake. Whoo, when I saw that machine they had. Oh, and I saw how they did this and how they did that. Paul said, Did any man preach any other gospel than that which we preached unto you? Let him be a curse. You never could find in the Word of God where Paul preached eternal life like Mormons do. But, oh, that machine. And then, there used to be a man on the air by the name of Armstrong. Uh, Something tomorrow. What was that, his program? The World Tomorrow. Herbert Armstrong. If you get to listen to Herbert Armstrong, you'd say, "Mm, man, that's all. Mm, Where in the world did he get that? And uh, what you first thing you find yourself just cared about by every wind of doctrine, cunning, craftiness, and men. He said, "Be henceforth not that. Don't be carried about by every wind of doctrine. You know the doctrine, and that your preacher is to preach it, and to live by it. You're to obey it and believe it and stay with it. And how strong is this doctrine? Well, it's strong enough that there's not another in the world that can stand up against it. That's how stout it is." All right, Romans sixteen seventeen. I beseech you, brethren. I beg you, brethren. Mark them which cause divisions and offenses contrary to to the doctrine which you've learned. Mark them that try to destroy the doctrine you've learned. Mark them that would try to destroy this apostolic doctrine. Mark them. Well, that's why I don't have anything to do with him. He don't have anything to do with me. I've marked him. He don't. Well, it may be. But 
It is so plain to a fool a wayfaring man. I do not think that you could get mad at a man the way he fished if he caught the fish. But somewhere they've got to come to the knowledge of the teaching of the Word of God, the doctrine. And there is a doctrine for every subject taught in the Word of God. And Paul said, I have not shunned to declare unto you the whole counsel of God. So there is a doctrine for all the counsel of God. Just find out what that doctrine is that Paul taught. It'll harmonize with the Master. It'll harmonize with the law. And that is the doctrine. All right. Romans six seventeen. But God be thanked. Listen to this. This is beautiful scripture. God be thanked that you were the servants of sin. You have obeyed from the heart. You obeyed something from the heart. That form of and this is what you obeyed is that form of doctrine. Which was delivered to you. It was delivered to you. This is what that doctrine did for you that was delivered to you that you received. Being then made free from sin, you became the servants of righteousness. Why? Because you were obedient to a doctrine. God be thanked. You were once the servants of sin, but you have obeyed from the heart that form of doctrine which was delivered to you. Being made free from sin, you became the servants of righteousness because of obedience to that doctrine. Well, that's beautiful scripture. That whole scripture is Acts two thirty eight. It's explained Romans six, six chapters Romans is Acts, second chapter explained. First Timothy four sixteen. One of you get I got four scriptures here. First Timothy four sixteen, brother Charlie. Wait just a minute. Second Timothy three ten, brother Danby. Second John nine, brother. Keith and Titus 2.7.10. All right. 1 Timothy 4.16. This is what he said to this young preacher. He said, take heed to yourself. That's first your own life, your own behavior. And the next thing you take heed to is that doctrine. And how long do you want me to stay in this doctrine? Continuing it. But, Lord, you don't know what's going on around me. That man's catching them by the thousands. This bunch is catching them by the ten thousands. And here we are, Lord, just... I knew you were going to say that, so to speak, he said. That's why I said continue in them. Because you would be inclined to want to lay them down because they're so contrary to human nature that people don't want it. Hear what I said? Read it again, Charlie. Say, take heed to thyself and under the doctrine. Continue in what? The teaching of the Word of God on the subjects in the Bible. Read on. In doing this, if you'll continue in it. Uh, now, he didn't send me to Bakersfield to win a city. He sent me with a doctrine, told me to continue in this doctrine, and I'd save myself and them that hurt me. And if I do not save anybody but myself, I said, well, Lord, nobody heard me. (laughs) All right. Take heed unto thyself and unto the doctrine. Continue in them. For in doing this, thou shalt both save them and thyself or thyself and them. Which one? 
thyself and them. If you just stay with this doctrine, just stay with it. But Lord, I took the, picked up the newspaper. I read an article the other day. It was started with one prayer meeting. Anybody else read that? One prayer meeting. And they've grown to five or six hundred in just a few days. That hasn't been long. You know why they're gathering around that? He's not preaching the doctrine. He'll thin them out. <laughs> I don't know if you know what I mean when I say scatter like quail, but if you ever see a covey, and, and one time I like I had a heart attack. I was in buffalo grass. I don't know if you know what that is. And I was, boy, I had my gun. I was just a kid about 13. I had an old 97 model Winchester full choke. And, and I got out in this grass and boy, about that high. Suddenly about a hundred quail come up all around me. They didn't make one, not a one of them moved till I got in the middle. And it's, you know how those wings go and how they go off. I couldn't, I couldn't shoot a one. I like to faint it. They like just scared me to death. They're just a, just a big cubby there. Well, and every one of them seemed to have went a different direction. Well, if you'll teach the doctrine, you'll save yourself and them that hear you. Well, I know, but Lord, I, I read that and I wondered, well, Lord, how's He doing it? Never mind how He does that, what He's doing. You continue in the doctrine for you'll save yourself and them which hear you. Well, I'd sure like to have five or six hundred just eating this up. Well, you may never have any more than what you got. But if you'll stay with it, you'll save yourself and them that hear you. And I, you charge me that, that's your charge. Don't you leave your post. Just stay with it. Well, Lord, my brother, I told you all what he said. He said, Ike, you've got a good personality. And you seem to be a wonderful fellow. that looked like you'd have a big church. <laughs> he was a doctor, and I said, Well, uh, your wife couldn't be in my church. They were Methodists, the kind I come out of. And I began to tell him why his wife couldn't be in my church. And I didn't tell him nothing but the doctrine. And then I told him why he couldn't be in the church. Boy, come on, show what he said. He said, I think you're the best preacher I ever saw in my life. If you can get anybody to believe that, you're a real preacher. <laughs> what, do you what did he mean by that? He meant, boy, if you preach it as straight as you say you preach it, if you can get anybody to believe that, you're a real preacher. I heard you. You know what? I sat out at a table and showed it to him. He said, you know what? Anybody can see that. I can see that, but I'm not going to obey it. Why not? Well, it's just like you said. I couldn't even be in your church and do what I want to do. Well, then conform to the doctrine. And, yeah, well, your doctrine? No, the doctrine of the Bible. Well, our preacher never preaches that. I know it. I know it. And so you're happy because nobody stirs you up. And you don't want to be stirred up. You want to just be, leave me alone. All right. Which one was that? I want Second Timothy 3.10. You have fully known my doctrine. My manner of life. Purpose. Faith, 
long-suffering, charity, and patience. That one thing you've known, you have fully known my doctrine. That is, when Paul went around, Brother Bray, the man didn't have to say, Now, what do you teach? He said, You fully know my doctrine. You're not in doubt of my doctrine. You have fully known my doctrine. I've delivered it to you. And so, that's where the war comes in. All right. Catch on to what that said. You've fully known my doctrine. Paul said, I have not shunned declaring you the whole counsel truth. You want to know what God teaches about something? Read what Paul said about it. That's it. Second John 9. <laughs> not only do you have to get in it, you have to stay in it. Or, you're, you're, or what? You have not God. You cannot leave the doctrine. You cannot leave what is taught in this Word of God. Listen to Him. Read it. Whosoever transgresses, Whosoever transgresses and, abideth not, and abideth not and abideth not in the doctrine of Christ, he hath not God. Well, you don't know what a sweet spirit they had, Brother Terry. That's the sweetest spirit I ever saw in my life. Those people were, they were just like honeycomb. They were so sweet. They were so kind and they were so gentle. Did they abide in the doctrine? No, they never have even found the doctrine yet. Much less to abide in it. Well, always remember they have not God. If they don't abide in the doctrine. All right, Titus two seventeen. Read on. Read on. They may adorn the doctrine. Brother Rustin, come up here and tell me what is adorn? Adorning is putting on. I adorn my clothes. All right. What did it say? Adorn what? The doctrine. The doctrine. Just put it on. Put it on. Man, you're a pig. You got a pig right here. <laughs> <laughs> That's real cute. An old sow with more pigs and milky way you got stars look like compared. All right. But adorn this doctrine. Adorn it. Put it on. Put on the doctrine. Put on what doctrine? Whatever the doctrine is. That it being taught by the Word. Well, if it's the doctrine of going to church, the Bible says, forsaking not the assembly of yourselves together in like manner some is, especially as you see the day approaching, that is the doctrine. Go to church. Amen. Go to church. There's the doctrine of baptism. There's the doctrine of rise and walk in units of life. There's the doctrine of testifying. There's a doctrine. Paul said, I have not shunned to declare unto you the whole counsel of truth. Acts twenty twenty seven. I've given it all to you. And now, the Bible said, though a fool a wayfaring man don't have to err in it. All we have to do, just don't be carried about by every wind of doctrine. And uh, don't get too discouraged. Hey, don't get too discouraged. Some fellow goes to town, he stays there three years, and he said, I haven't got anybody saved but my wife and kids. 
You know what that reminds me of? Noah, how long you been preaching? A hundred years. Bible says Noah was a preacher of righteousness. How many of you got saved? Boy, that boat will sink when they all get on there. No. Just me and my wife and my three boys and their three wives, and I haven't got one more convert. You know what? We're living in a day-to-day. A fellow would say, you know what? I believe I'm in the wrong boat. This is the wrong uh, shipyard. I believe I'll move my shipyard over to some other place. All right, maybe I better use a different kind of timber because these guys don't even believe this kind going to float. Better, and after he preached the, what some people say is 120 years, he never got one convert. And the Bible said the Harland flits when the wolf comes. He says, man, I don't know if I'm going to be able to make it here or not. I better be getting out of here. This thing looks like it's going to go down. Well... He said, um, continue in the doctrine, for in doing this you'll save yourself and them that hear you. Well, Lord, I want some more to hear me. Well, I, that, you just preach it. You just stay with it. Just stay with the doctrine. Yeah, but they don't like me or the doctrine. And I think they'd like me if it wasn't for the doctrine. He said, well, you can leave the doctrine if you want to, but just stay with the doctrine. It's all there. It's all plain. No fool away, fair man. Don't have to err. So what is the subject you're on? We claim, this is what we claim, that we teach the doctrine to the subject of which you're confronted with. If you come across a doctrine in the Bible, that is a doctrine, that belongs to the New Testament church, we teach it. And if it doesn't belong to the New Testament church, we do not try to put our leaven in it. For Paul said, if a man preach any other gospel to you than that which we preach, let him be accursed. There's more people accursed than they are praised because they add to the doctrine. They put human leaven in the doctrine. Let us stand. We're going to go home. While you read and while you see newspapers and hear radio programs, and you may hear, if you listen to radio all day, you may listen to 25 different preachers preaching 25 different ways. Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man cometh unto the Father but by me. If a man climb up any other way, the same is a thief and a robber. So you cannot go but one way. You cannot believe but one way to get there, if it is a doctrine taught. Now the Bible says, where there is no law, there is no transgression. Why can I eat in a paper plate, Brother Terry? Because the Bible didn't say not to. Well, uh, why can't I do that? Well, that thing you asked then, well, the Bible said don't. Well, uh, what's the difference? Right and wrong. In and out. What you do? Where there's no law, there's no transgression. You can walk home tonight, ride a bicycle, or you can thumb away. No law. But to go to heaven, there's not but one way in. That's through the door. Gracious God, I do not know why you ever chose us to reveal this great truth to us. Why you've implanted it in us. And then, Lord, we need grace, oh God, that we might abide in it. 
We need you, Lord, all the time. We need you, the Holy Ghost, to quicken things to us quickly, sharply. Oh, God, that we might abide in the doctrine. Lord, help us not be carried about by wind of doctrines. And help us not to fear what other people do or become covetous of what other people do that's not in the doctrine. Those sinners join hand in hand. They will not go unpunished. We ask you to help us to abide in the doctrine. We'll give you praise and honor and glory forever. In Jesus' name, amen.